to the Quarter to Three movie podcast of the movie Life. Uh, my name is Christian Morosky. Uh, had Tom said that name, I was going to tell Tom that he could call me Hobbs for uh, this uh, issue of the show. Um, I'm here with uh, Tom Chick and one Kelly Wand. Kelly Wand, would you like to say hello to everybody? Now. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to want to. I'm not um, here to say hello. And uh, actually, neither is Tom. But Tom is here to give his opinions. He's just not here to say them right now. Uh, do not be alarmed. This is a very low threat level. Uh, Tom's just got a, a cold, and his voice is not in working order right now. He needs a little vocal rest. So he's written up a bunch of notes that we're going to talk about because he definitely has opinions about this movie Life that we watched. Um, but he just can't voice them right now. But believe me, he's right here with us. Uh, you're just not going to hear his voice this particular time, but he will be back next week in, uh, in fighting, uh, fighting trim, I think is the, the, the phrase oh, you would use. I see what you did there. You like that? Um, Kelly Wand, uh, since here we are, uh, can you give <coughs> us any um, taglines for the movie Life that we watched this week? If you thought Prometheus was good, you're an idiot. <laughs> All right, there's a listener email that uh, has something to say about that. Yeah. Um, do you have a usually? Usually, you have a couple of backups. Uh, I'm not saying that there was anything wrong with that, but do you have any backups taglines for the movie Life? It's like species, but without tits. <laughs> um, that wasn't my experience. I thought there were some tits there. Yeah, uh, sometimes the third charm. time is a charm, as, t- as Tom often says. Do you have a third tagline? These were CG ones. Uh, it's like gravity, but with gravity. Because <laughs> there's no gravity in gravity. So. Yeah, I got, I got it. You don't have to explain Kelly. the joke to me. <sighs> well, Tom's silence makes me want to explain it to Tom, because I'm not convinced he'd get these jokes. That's, That's true. Sometimes he does make you explain them. I want to make uh, sure the silence is by, is by intention, and uh, that was dumb. Always assume silence is by intention. Silence is by intention. <laughs> <laughs> There's this great line in No Way Just, Out where uh, where uh, Gene Hackman's senator says to, in the absence of a reply, I'll, I'll assume assent to uh, to uh, Kevin Costner. And Costner's like, that's no, that's, you can't do that. <laughs> he just has this weird look on his face. Like, if I don't if I don't reply to you, it doesn't mean I agree with you. But the senator just says, in the absence of a reply, I'll assume you agree with me. And then in, at the end, he says, silence is by intention in a Russian accent. Yeah. Yeah, he missed his mother tongue. Uh, uh, do you have a fourth tagline, Kelly Wan? I'm just asking, do you have a fourth? Oh, uh, it's like Dark Star, but as a comedy. <laughs> okay, good. One of the things I think that science has found out is that you're basically all tongue. Me or everyone? You. Uh, finally, a movie that taps into my fear of kelp. <laughs> wow, five. That's five taglines. I got one didn't, more. Didn't gravity tap into your fear of kelp? No, there's no kelp in that. Oh, yeah, you're right. Shit. Yeah, but by then I, I, I was feeling confident about her abilities. All right. That would have been. So, it would have been a way different movie though if she if she drowned from the kelp and like that's the ending. Like, see, gravity did kill her. Like she was fine when she didn't have gravity in her life. And there's all and this oxygen around her. Why can't she just breathe that? Yeah, yeah that's true. in water. 
All right, you said you have another one. Go ahead. It would have been funny if she if she'd been dying of thirst in the first part, and in the end she drowns, and then that's kind of whatever. Oh, uh, the final one is uh, the first combination of Ryan Reynolds aliens and CG since Green Lantern. <laughs> Wait a minute. Is that true? There's no aliens in Deadpool. See. But in Green Lantern, aliens make him Green Lantern. And in this, they make him uh, Burp. So it's kind of similar. All right. Fair enough. Stop, Kelly. Well, let me just remind everybody what we did this week. We This week, we saw the movie Life. It's a 2017 <laughs> American science fiction horror movie about closing and opening doors. Uh, it was directed by Daniel Espinoza and written by Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick. It stars Hiroyuki Sanada, Rebecca Ferguson. You're talking like Lance Reddick. Go on. <laughs> but as a DJ, if Lance Reddick is a DJ. All right, I'm sorry. Please continue. I just wanted to let you know how you sound so you don't feel self-conscious. I appreciate that. I, I just want to – if I can conquer the Frisbee voice at some time in my life, I'll be happy. Ferguson? Um, Rebecca Ferguson. Uh, oh. Jake Gyllenhaal. Olga. Okay, here you go. Uh, Dehovichnaya, Dehovichnaya, uh, Olga. No, it's Dehovichnaya, and Arian Bakare. Life uh, is rated R. What? Yeah, it's rated R for language throughout, some sci-fi violence, and terror. Hmm. So, Kelly, is there anything that the MPAA has left off of their ratings? I give it a soft CG, and. Uh... I would only caution parents that it has adult organism situations. All right, very good. But everything else is fine for three-year-olds. All right, soft CG is your rating. Very good. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this helpful. point, it's very helpful because uh, your rating now seems to be between G and soft G uh, and yeah. soft CG. Well, soft a lot of your apple. ratings are soft. I need some more hard from you. Wait, I, well, can we erase that? That's on the movie. Yeah. Right. Uh, if, actually, if Tom were here, he would now give us our numbers. This is, would be the number part of the podcast, and uh, I cannot do Tom's voice, so I will do it in my voice. Uh, Tom has told me that the that the movie Life opened at number four behind Jeez. Power Rangers first week. That's embarrassing. Beauty and the Beast's second week and Kong colon Skull Island's third week. It made $13 million, which is well below what Sony projected. Um, Life is at 56 on Metacritic, which is an aggregate of reviews, and on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Life has a 66% of positive reviews. Hmm. Um, now, uh, according to Tom, idiots were confused by Life. <laughs> they weren't alone. <laughs> idiots were confused by Life, and they therefore hated it. Uh, they gave it a C plus on CinemaScore, which wow. is a notch a notch above the pretty good Ouija. Do you say Ouija or Ouija? How do you say it? Ouija. I think it's Ouija. Not one of the letters is correctly is phonetic. <laughs> it's O for five. <laughs> Ouija scores an O for five on the pronunciation. Even the last one's wrong. <laughs> yeah. No wonder uh, demon. No wonder we. And that's what's funny is there's an alphabet on the Ouija board, and then Ouija is spelled totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they should, they, the spirits they, uh, going. What are you doing? What? Who do you want to talk to? We weren't wa- we were listening to you and not watching type. Why didn't we make this thing phonetic? This board. Yeah. 
Um, so Tom says it does. That's why the uh, that's why the demon birds it in paranormal activity. He's like, fuck the stupid thing. I hate your Ouija boards. I said, I hate reading. You guys are doing it right. Okay, I'm sorry. Please continue. That's right. Uh, he says it's a notch above the pretty good Ouija sequel, Ouija colon Origin of Evil, which got a C on CinemaScore, and a notch below the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, a B minus on CinemaScore. I have no idea why he's using those two movies. Uh, Wait, he says it's called Ouija Original of Evil. Yeah. Oh, originally evil. Well, who knows? Is it true? Is that what it's really called? I have no idea. It's, this is this time, and he cannot defend himself. He cannot just defend his spelling. He grades on his own, and he didn't even have to look him up. Like, oh, that's. I remember that one got a C. Original of evil. I love the idea that it's called original of evil. I hope it is. I yeah, do too. It's because uh, it's, it's a, like a record. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tom says idiots have a hard time understanding horror. They gave the witch. A C minus, which is pretty much as low as Cinema Score goes. It's, I guess, it's like getting an F at college. That movie's not for idiots, though. Yeah, I would try true. and warn them off the witch. I think they're gonna go in with. All right, uh, so I think we're done with the numbers part of our exciting program. Uh, I will let you guys know this before I unload Kelly Wand on you for our, our spoilerific um, opsis that he's about to do. Um, and that is that this this episode's going to be a little shorter since Tom's not here to uh, to chime in as much, and since he can't speak, we're not going to do a three by three um, until next week's show. So for next week's show, which is uh, is going to be next week, um, we will do the three by three of uh, favorite come from behind victories. So uh, you have another hold another week. To, uh, to, to come from your... behind, like yeah, you didn't get in on time, and now you mm-hmm. have a whole week because uh, whatever happened at the end of the natural. I guess he just runs fast. Thank you for Kelly. Can you not say any more titles of movies? Really, <laughs> that's confusing. I'm sorry. <laughs> Too many times. All, right. All right, so uh, Kelly Wand, if you were to talk about life, not the concept, but the movie, the life that we just saw. Uh, and you were to like give out all of the details of the movie in some sort of long form. What would you call that? What would Tom think I'd call it? He thinks I think he would call it a, a lopsis. Yeah, but I feel like something else is called that. It's got to be lopsis. Does like, sound like like a rabbit in in some animated movie. Yeah, I think that was my name for the Zootopia one. I just started with an L arbitrarily. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying, I'm going to demystify the movie for idiots with this synopsis. Because Tom said they were confused by the movie. So I'm going to clarify things. So I'm going to clarify things. <laughs> Am I Lance Reddick now? <laughs> Go ahead, take it away whenever you're ready. Leipzig. Leipzig, all right. Like liposuction. Yeah, I got you. You're trimming the fat from this thing. Trimming the fat. Uh, a fight and trimming the fat. Some words are all International Space Station, Mars Mission Alpha, the date shrug. While the camera drifts around the interior of the ISS, bumping into bulkheads and floating away from the cursing cameraman, the lady in the yellow dress from Mission Impossible voiceovers, Captain's Log, I guess this is my first entry. 
Well, we got to Mars and gathered the thimble full of dust from the landing gear of the ship, no problem. But Hall just hit accelerate instead of brake. So now we're flying too fast past the white thing we're supposed to dock at. We're sending Ryan Reynolds out to try and catch it with his nuts as it flies by. Reynolds puts on his spacesuit, walks around on the outside of the ship, and jumps on the ship's tail fin, denting it while we watch upside down from inside the ship through a small window and via screens blocked by the heads of characters we don't know yet. Brilliant! <laughs> Into his helmet microphone, Reynolds is all. Uh, Reynolds, to other characters, wouldn't it be better to show this big action sequence from out here? What'd we do? Blow our whole budget on tentacle CG? <laughs> His crewmates all black character to Reynolds. I'm still hearing you loud and clear. Could you please mute your mic? Reynolds winks at us. He's all knock knock. Who's there? See, just because I'm not Deadpool doesn't mean I'm not fun in this. Remember Blade <laughs> Trinity? I was third building that too. Airlock secure. I mean, uh, open. Ferguson's all copy that. Also, there's a spaceship coming up behind you. Aimed at your face. Reynolds is all, huh? <laughs> the screen loses interest. A word's all. <laughs> Life. <laughs> Not the Eddie Murphy one, although one character looks and acts like him. Ooh. That's that's what this that's what words say after the title. <laughs> on the screen. Gyllenhaal goes to get checked up by the Russian doctor he has a crush on. Gyllenhaal's Gyllen all. Why do I have to turn my head while I cough? As a doctor, you should want me to cough on you so you can learn more. She's all, your checkup not for six more weeks. Please stop coming here every morning. But before you go, tell me why you like it up here. As ship psychiatrist, I think it is shit. No air conditioning, no birds pooping on head. At least the surface of Mars felt like home. My native Siberia, only with more oxygen. Gyllenhaal's all, I like to hum. She injects him with alcohol, but it doesn't help. Overshots of the crew members doing nothing. Ferguson's all. Ship's log. Whatever today is. Or is it captain's log? Wait, so what's the ship's log? If the ship's keeping a log, why don't I just copy and paste from that? Well, whatever. Today we injected that Martian dirt clod with CG. Nothing happened. Then our black guy twisted some atmosphere dials, and the thing instantly grew cilia and a urethra and arms and grew to a million times its size in seconds. Kind of made me miss Randy. Anyway, our character started talking, so the alien went into deep sleep. <laughs> now it's in a coma. Our first contact with an alien race. Sure hope this isn't a horror movie. She hits record and turns on the TV. The TV announcer's all, Hello, everyone, and now some questions from some kids. <laughs> Live from Madison Square Garden. To some astronauts. First up, this cross-eyed one with freckles and a weird lip. What's your name, nerd? <laughs> yeah, um... Uh, God, this is boring. Wish I was playing with my toy rockets right now. Uh, how do you guys take a shit? <laughs> or mouth fart. All the astronauts laugh affectionately. Jill and Hall's all. Now, obviously, our Asian crew member's in charge of that stuff. The Asian guy points to some equipment. But plug superfluous tube. Funnel nuclear warhead. As you can see, I'm going right now. Uh, notice that during this stage, the Tang crystals return to their original form. Now, masturbation, on the other hand, as you can see, is much less complicated. Oh, my eye! Abort! Everyone in Madison Square Garden cheers for vacuums. Gyllenhaal's all, now that's what I call a monolith. 
His shit, I mean, not his dick, which was rounder, obviously. The announcer's all, now this kid will say things. Ow, stop my microphone, sweetie. A little girl's all, la, 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 la. Is the Martian green? The astronauts all laugh again. Ferguson's all, of course not, honey. Look, see, back to science class for you, color girl. The girl's all, well, the veins are green. Do you have a question? No, I don't. (sighs) They take the girl's microphone away, stuff her into a black van, drive her to the end of the street, get hit by something and explode. Another kid's all. Yeah, um, follow-up question. Why don't you bring the alien down here to study it in a controlled laboratory environment by actual experts? The astronauts all laugh. Ferguson's all. Because we want to do it. Up here. The black guy's all. Where nothing dumb can have possibly happened. The kid's all. But what if later these two fishermen... The astronauts all laugh. The enormous crowd simultaneously starts to clap then looks at their phones. The announcer's all, finally, we chose this next kid from over 11,000 schools as being the heaviest. (laughs) The fat kid's all, yeah, since all other schools are garbage in honor of my school and the greatest president ever, we decided to name the alien after ourselves, Taft Remedial. The Asian's all. Um, I believe as a scientific term for a new species, we know nothing of its eventual weight or spelling ability. The crowd cheers. The announcer's all, well, that settles it. Sorry, NASA. This kid's in charge of naming all new organisms. Thanks for watching. (laughs) The announcer reaches out and turns off the TV screen in the ISS cockpit. The ISS floats around while some words are all day 25 since the Ryan Reynolds spaceship nuts incident. The Asian guy watches his wife give birth on his iPad. He's all, push harder. Uh, No, not that hard. Oh, God. In the cafeteria, everybody's sitting around doing nothing. Reynolds is all, yeah. Gyllenhaal's all, I can't remember one thing that happened to us on Mars. Everybody laughs. The Asian peeks his head in the doorway, raises a virus-infected blue screen on his iPad and goes, it's a girl. And uh, whatever the child she gave birth to is. They all cheer and throw food at him until he leaves. <laughs> you like that joke, I guess? <laughs> yeah, I do too. Ryan Reynolds is all, seriously, that Asian character's wife fucked the gardener. Everybody laughs thoughtfully. He's all, I'm serious. I know him. Kenny? After a few days, they get bored by the alien's inactivity and decide to electrocute it for kicks. The black guy goes into the glove room where they milk the cows, sticks his hand in a latex glove, picks up the shock prod, then looks back at all his friends watching through the small porthole in the door. He's all, um, you sure you guys don't want to come in here, get a better view? They're all, no, we're good. <laughs> Ferguson stifles a mischievous giggle. He's all, all right, he goes, nothing. He extends the shock prod towards the snoring leaf-like alien. The prod crackles. He's all, ow. Hall's all, maybe if you turn it around so the shock part's facing towards the creature. The black guy's all, who's the electrician around here? He extends the prod. It crackles again. He's all, ow. Hall's all, yeah, that's what I was talking about before. Black guy's all, fine. He turns the prod around then jabs it at the creature's flaccid pedipalp. Nothing happens. Ferguson's all, hang on, I got some mace in my footlocker. The black guy's all, since I can't write with my hand in this glove, someone please note that the creature just ignored me. Reynolds is all, wish I had that defense mechanism. Gyllenhaal's all, <laughs> go for the nuts. 
the black guy re-aims the prod. Gyllenhaal's all, the creature's nuts. The black guy's all, oh. He extends the prod. It crackles. After a couple seconds, he's all, um, yeah, okay. Uh, the thing's now wrapped itself around me wrist, and it's bending the index finger painfully backwards. Gyllenhaal looks up from scribbling on his clipboard and goes, whoa, slow down. I got everything up to the title screen saying life. The black guy's all, guys, this thing just broke my finger. Now it's eating the rat. Why do we have this rat strapped in here again? Ow! (laughs) Could use a little help. Reynolds sighs, comes in, throws the black guy out, shuts the door, and wipes his hands cheerfully. He's all, there. Black problem solved. You're welcome. Gyllenhaal's all, um, the aliens are wrapped around your leg. Reynolds looks down. He's all, what the? Boy, this fucker's clinging. Don't worry, we keep this flamethrower in the science lab just in case it gets cold. He runs around the room spraying everything but the alien with flame. In seconds, most of the walls and lab equipment are scorched. <laughs> Gyllenhaal's all, looks like it's flame retardant, partly like Reynolds. Uh, come on, wait, Brian, don't eat it, dude. What do you... They all sit there and watch Reynolds twitch and belch globules of CG as the alien plays pranks on his internal organs. They stare at Reynolds' corpse for a couple minutes till it gets dull. Even the alien loses interest and slithers out of Reynolds' mouth. Ferguson's all, shit, whose stupid idea was it to have 60 open air vents in the ceiling of the lab? Shut them, quick! The alien races around as the Asian hits keys shutting vents. Ferguson's all, don't forget to shut the ones it's nearest to first. Damn, there it goes. Now what? (laughs) The Russian's all, we have alien safety quarantined in off-screen shaft. I will put on spacesuit and go outside the ship to let it out. Of the shaft we have it in. She walks off. Gyllenhaal's all, wait, what? Why are we letting it out? But she's already spacewalking around across the ship's hull. She's all, all right, uh, opening sewage duct to make sure he's inside. Uh, fuck, got out. Now I can't find him. Uh, Jalen held a Russian character. Yeah, it's tapping you on the shoulder. Oh, hey, dosvidanya. Okay, it's gone again. Problem solved. She wipes her hands cheerfully. Now, where was I? Oh, yes, now to make sure it is inside this pipe. Uh, <laughs> held a Russian character. Yeah, it's on your leg now. Wrapped around it, humping it. Over. Damn. It, it seems to have set my coolant liquid settings to drown suit occupant. It, it tastes like Zima. Ugh. Yeah, Aww. don't drink that. It It is Zima. Here, let me let you inside by turning this door handle crank. Maybe we can try and talk some sense into it with Reese's Pieces. Um, Olga, you have to turn the crank at the same time. Why do we design it like that? No, you're either counterclockwise. Ugh, Russians. <laughs> Do not fear, I am sacrificing my life and shall now float away from the ship with the alien. Perfect plan. Perestroika Shemirnov. <laughs> she dies and floats a couple inches away from the ship while the alien yawns and then jumps from her onto the hull. It flips them off and it, with its middle frond and then scurries around the exterior of the ship, breaking shit. The black character's all, damn it! That thing's almost as smart as us! Combined! Right, I have the perfect plan this time. I gotta wipe my hands right now. Everybody shut all the open doors and windows at the space station so I can't get back in. Also, let's start with the openings nearest the alien this time. Remember what happened with Reynolds. Also, for safety reasons, Hall, you should lock up your fake vomit collection. We don't want to get confused and shoot the wrong thing. 
Gyllenhaal's all. By the way, the aliens wrapped around your leg. The black character's all. I know. Oh, how can something so wrong feel so right? The alien jumps off the black guy's leg and races off down the corridors, giggling and shutting doors in their faces. Dingus leans over to me and whispers, That happened to me with a condom. <laughs> it is always the leg, I'm just saying, in the movie. Jalen Hall sighs, sits beside Ferguson and goes, Shit, huh? Maybe we should just call Earth and let him know what's up. Maybe they know a sushi, Jeff. Ferguson's all. We lost contact with Earth. She shrugs. He's all, for how long? She shrugs again. She's all, oh yeah, also the Asian character's dead. A Russian satellite shows up and starts nudging them towards the sun with a robot arm. <laughs> Gyllenhaal's all, I guess they already know about the alien. The captain of the Russian satellite's all, alien? Gyllenhaal sighs that raises a book of fairy tales and dirty limericks. He's all, my grandpa used to read me this till I was 30, naked, so I brought a copy with me up here in hardcover. Here's one, this one's dumb, listen to this. Goodbye, air. <laughs> Wait, that's it. Aliens can't survive without oxygen, duh. <laughs> She's all, eh, I thought we had on the inside of the ship for a long time, didn't seem to give a shit. He's all, look, we have two lifeboats. Wait, why two? Never mind. We'll pretend the aliens become less crafty, and I'll lure it into lifeboat A, then drive it out into space and hope it doesn't figure out the controls, while you take your lifeboat back to Earth and tell everybody how dumb we were. Uh, don't forget to aim the boat at the big blue planet-sized thing there, okay? Not at the universe. It's black heart here, Okay. <laughs> Ferguson's all, all right already, I got it. Jesus, me Mars, you Earth, break. Everything goes according to plan. After the capsule crashes in the ocean, some Asian fishermen row out to it. They look through the window to see Gyllenhaal inside being strangled and engulfed by alien tentacles and fibers. They look at each other, shrug, and start expertly opening the capsule. <laughs> Gyllenhaal's all, oh, what the fuck, are you blind? Look what's holding me here. You can see it. Meanwhile, in her capsule, Ferguson's all, Ship's log, can you hear me? It's me, Ferguson. Uh, my computers are all saying system failure, and I seem to be moving away from the Earth, but I'll worry about that later and just focus on recording this first. Whoever hears me, kill all CG, non-Earth CG. Be sure to check black men's legs extra carefully. Don't use fire. Uh, Maybe get a different kid to name it. We don't know there wasn't a connection. The end. (sighs) <sighs> Life, sir. Well done. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> who of the three of us <laughs> wants to go first, giving an over/under for this movie here? Shall we uh, do Tom's first, or shall we do yours first? I'm uh, Tom's notes are more interesting than mine. In fact, okay. I don't even have notes, so maybe I'll go later. All right, well, let's start with what Tom had to say, then. Um, Tom thought the most of it. Tom really uh, likes this movie. Uh, it's over under. He has a ca- His category, he says, is thrilling space adventures. Jesus. And I'm, I'm actually shocked at his over under. His over is a movie called Gravity, which I think you've already referenced. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his under is uh, Europa Report. 
What? Um, yeah, seriously. What? And I think he's this is uh, over Europa Report for Tom Chick. And I thought of Europa Report too when I was watching this, but not not uh, not kindly. But Tom really uh, Tom puts this just over Europa Report, and this is what Tom, this is what Tom has said. This is how he's bracketing it. So uh, uh, again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm reading uh, Tom Chick's words. Uh, some of these I'm going to read word for word. Some of them we'll just, we're just going to discuss because I think we have a sense of, of where he's going with uh, some of his opinions on this. And he really did want to talk about this, but he just can't use his voice right now. It's not a big deal. It's just a cold. Anyway, so uh, this is what Tom says. Gravity is the top of the genre, of course, and this is no gravity. But when it comes to thrilling adventures, Europa Report doesn't offer as much thrill or as much adventure as life. Uh, it's probably a better movie because of the serious writing and the great cast, but it's less thrilling and less of an adventure than life. So my over is gravity and my under is Europa report. So there there's, that's, that's Tom's over and under gravity and Europa report. What did you is do? Gravity Kelly? a horror movie? Uh, no, I... he's not going with, he's not going with horror. He's not, he's not, bra- I mean, I bracketed mine with horror. Same but he, he's, oh, thrilling space adventures. Thrilling space adventures. That's what he's saying. And I, I really kind of like that thrilling space adventures. Yeah, I think I, I mean I definitely put Europa Report above this movie just because Europa it's less thrilling, but Europa was something I hadn't seen in a movie before, unless you count 2010. And what do you mean? What about Europa? You had? I mean, cause I think Europa well, I, wound up on my top ten list. Thing. I think my I think mean? all of ours, but I mean I haven't seen astronauts on Europa in a movie like where there are, where there's humans on Europa like exploring it. So it was like a right. space environment that's real that I've never seen before. Right in a movie. Um, well, I think Tom allows that uh, that it's probably a better movie overall, and I, I would agree with him because there's nothing in um, life that approximates that Charlton Copley. Right. Movie. There's no sense that of show. wonder in life. Um. But but he but he's just talking about the, the this being a thrilling adventure movie. That's that's this is the that's the category he's using. And and as a movie that's like this thrilling space adventure, um, this one is just over Europa Report. Whether or not it's a better movie, he he likes this more as a thrilling space adventure. And I totally understand what he's talking about. So what's your over under? Well, my over is Alien, just because I thought this movie aped it very derivatively, and that's why I didn't like it. I think it's too similar to Alien, mm. uh, but not as good. And like Alien's a really visceral creature, and in this it's just CG, and I w- was having trouble um, digging the monster in this. But I okay. love the twist at the end, and I, even though it doesn't make sense, and Tom has some notes on it that are kind of... Uh, well, we'll, we'll get to that. But, but all right, all right. We'll, Keep going with your over/under. On my under species two, because uh, <laughs> species two, you actually yeah. know the difference between species and species two. Because species one and species three both have quality nudity in them, and species two is kind of it's just supposed to make to scare you, and it's a really boring plot with really boring characters, and hmm. um, it's it's like a tap into your fear of Mars kind of movie. Oh, okay. Which is its own genre too. But um, yeah, I just I just saw this as a horror movie, and as a horror movie, it wasn't working for me. Although I guess I should have liked it more. It just seemed like the camera work was bugging me. Like it didn't seem to be focusing on the action, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, 
And I didn't like the characters. I didn't like their dialogue mostly. I thought they were boring people. And I thought it was a very it was a very interesting cast for how like not excitingly written it was. Before I give my over-under, I do want to mention that we had a couple people write it this week, and one of them is Chris Markinson. Uh, and I love what you said in your opsis about this and what you just said, because um, one of the things Chris says is when they have to catch a satellite that's off course, I don't care about watching people floating through the damn ISS. I care about the action in space, and for some bloody reason, the direction decides to give me the shot from inside the damn ship rather right. than show me what Deadpool is doing. And that's the opening of the movie, and it's a big action thing. It's really weird, and it feels weird. It, the, the speed of that thing feels like yeah. it's just going to rip the arm off. I don't believe any of that, and I, it's it's very strange to me that Daniel, the Daniel Espinosa doesn't show us that. I mean, I think there's sort of, I yeah. think he's doing that on purpose. That he's like, ooh, there's a little bit of mystery here. Does he get it or does he not? Um, or he thinks he's doing gravity because it's all one shot and you hear them talking hmm. so he's doing like Altman dialogue sound design but um, considering what's going on in the scene it seems like a really weird choice and the characters aren't being distinctive enough Mm -hmm. except for Reynolds a little and he's just playing the Ryan Reynolds character what do you think about him okay we're gonna get like, we'll get the performances. I, I I don't know that he even belongs in this movie, to be honest. I think it's cool that he dies early, and that's the he's like the uh, when Steven Seagal died in Executive Decision. Like it's someone who's like, what that guy's dead? Oh no, this is yeah. No one's you're safe. right. It's supposed to be a no one's safe uh, thing. So I well, like I, that idea. All but, I kept thinking about was was Sunshine because Hiroyuki Sonata's in this as well, and then I was just thinking about Chris Evans in that movie and. And how it just felt like Ryan Reynolds was ported in from any number of other movies that he's been in. It was I thought his character was strange. I didn't I didn't quite get it. Yeah. So anyway, I, mean, I didn't give my over under anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't give my over under yet. I I went straight space horror, um, and uh, under I would put Event Horizon. Yeah, um, that's a good you, choice. I, I just Wait, watched that. Have you seen Event Horizon recently? Yeah, I like it, but I hate it too because it's not good. And the but the first half's kind of scary, and then it's it seems like a huge ripoff that you don't get to see the other dimension. I think that's what ruins it. Like it, it kind of right. teases you, and then it goes kind of Freudian. Like there, it it sucks. It's like a great idea, bad execution. But it starts out really good, and you get your hopes up, and then by the end, you're kind of depressed that you finished watching it. You really do. I mean, it really it gives me a sense of like dead calm and space, sort of Sam Neill playing yeah. the Billy Zane uh, character. But it's just so incompetently directed in a lot of ways. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff floating in the foreground. It, it feels like a modern attempt at a 3D movie because of how much stuff is floating in the foreground. And the uh, ship's a major character, and it never feels like a ship the way the Nostromo does in Alien. Like that actually, I feel like I've been on that ship as a ship. And in Event Horizon, you need to have that feeling, and you don't have it because you just—it's just not as good. Well, well, how do you feel about the the, the ship in this? Because um, one of the things that Tom says about the ISS, and it's always a pleasure for me actually to see the International Space Station. Because um, yeah. one of one of the things I really love is is um, our next door neighbor. Uh, is a, is a dude who works for JPL. My girlfriend works for JPL. Um, they both have their uh, 
sort of their fingers on the pulse of when that when the ISS is going to do a passover. In fact, she, my girlfriend, has this um, this app on her phone that tells you like th- th- this is the window, this is the elevation, this is the angle that you'll be able to see the ISS fly over. Uh, and I'll run out a moment's notice at night to watch the just to watch that thing go across the sky, and it's just this this bright non-blinking light that just describes an arc across the sky and it every time i see it 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 i find it thrilling and humbling and it fills me with joy to see the iss so what tom says is that life has superb production values the iss looks great inside and out and the zero g staging is lovely and thorough so you just talked about the nostroma having character and the event horizon not having enough character what do you think about how the iss is in this uh, it's good, and it, we know what the ISS looks like, and that's one of the advantages. Is and that's all, but it also points up one of the brilliant things about Alien is we we don't we've never seen that ship before, but we feel like we do just from the movie, like just from the sets. And so life has the advantage of us knowing what the ISS looks like and having fondness for it. Um, right. And I like. I mean, it just seems like a bunch of narrow tubes. Like a submarine, kind of, and I like that, and it, I think that works as a horror trope. And like the internet, yeah. But it, did, I felt less. Um, it seemed like sometimes they kind of had some gravity in this, and I guess I was wondering if I'm if I was wrong. Like if it's because Tom's saying the zero G staging is lovely and thorough, and I remember thinking they're never floating enough. Like they're they seem like they're kind of walking a lot, and they're always faced up. <laughs> I think direction. they strap themselves into chairs and hold themselves down, but that whole first sequence, and, yeah. and when the alien is chasing them and they're constantly closing doors and opening doors, they're flying around. And uh, and I guess it's um, uh, I forget his character name, but Hiroki Sonata le- leads the alien down to their sleep chambers. You know that there's that, that right, right, like let's split up which they don't expect, but he does. And that's all flying. That's all them just flying through space. And I did, I agree with Tom. I think that the zero G staging is really quite good. Um, Cause there's that weird moment in event horizon where they clamp down gravity and all of these floating globules then just splash onto the floor and, uh, and the floating like frozen dude who's, who's desiccated slams to the floor and like does a little terminator who's been, uh, doused in liquid nitrogen moment um and you don't get that in this movie everything's pretty much floating around but you also i wonder if it would have been a different effect if they if he'd retained the upside down shots more or like if the guy had been mm-hmm. running into the like the the hibernation pod but it was on the ceiling and the aliens chasing him across the ceiling like if that mm-hmm. would have been disorienting in a good way um, cause as it was, I kind of forgot sometimes that they were in zero G cause everything seems rooted and they're the chases. I don't know. The thing I for me, like it more. no, I, I, I don't really like it very much for a number of reasons. I one of the reasons being is engaged. That, yeah. yeah, that's that was weird for me too. I wasn't engaged. I was Which like, I should have been shocked at how non exciting this is. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Tom totally disagrees with this. I mean, he calls it, yeah. he says life is solid sci-fi horror, which is pretty much the same thing as great sci-fi horror, given how much sci-fi horror is low budget and terrible. Um, and that's why when, he, when he puts in his uh, notes about the numbers that idiot, idiots don't understand horror, I, I, sometimes I take that to heart. Cause like, I'm not as well versed in horror as you guys, but I just was not 
engaged in this. And, I mean, and you're an easy scare. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm an easy scare. I'm an easy you laugh, and I'm like an easy cry. In this, yeah, I, I never was. I was a little grossed out. Either. Yeah, the, it's gross. The there's going in this. Yeah, there's plenty of gross. Gross. Plenty and of I like that too. But I was bummed I wasn't scared more. Like I wanted the thing to be. Oh fuck, the alien's gonna be there. But and Tom loved the alien. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, before we get to that, real quick, uh, you've seen the movie Pandorum, right? No, I haven't. Should I? All right. Um, I think so. I, I would put Pandorum just above this, but again, for the for the horror things, and and probably because I don't necessarily buy the creature effects in this, but Tom absolutely does. So let's talk about the creature a little bit, okay? Yeah. So uh, let me just read that's some my, of the things. I think that, if the creature worked, I'd like it, and I felt like it didn't, and Tom thought it did. So Yeah, I'm really surprised at what he says, and I think it's valuable. To, I'm really actually excited to read what he said because, for me, it, it felt very um, CGE, generic, and jellyfishy. Yeah. It felt like yeah. a jellyfish kind of flopping around, uh, and then it, it had sort of an ill-defined like um, center, and then all of a sudden this head develops – that's very much like the alien head that's inside of Independence Day aliens to me. But here's what Tom has to say. Uh, the floppy space octopus is an example of what we can do with CG that we couldn't do with practical effects. Calvin, which is the name of the alien, is free of strings or rubber appendages or gravity. He's fast, fluid, and nimble. Uh, furthermore, he develops horrific tentacles, which we couldn't have had before CG. It used to be that Boris Karloff would flail around on a rubber octopus. I love that line. <laughs> Boris Karloff would flail around on a rubber octopus, but now the octopus can be proactive. In life, he evolves from a bud to a spider to a floppy space octopus with a face. He's not quite ge- – is it Giger? Is that how you say Giger? it? Yeah, H.R. Giger. Um, he's, not, he's not quite Giger-worthy, but he's close. So Tom thinks he's close to uh, – to design as far as alien is concerned, but, uh, but what, with what we can do with CG right now. So what do you think? Uh, I like the fact that, cause a flaw in alien to me is that the alien has nothing to eat and it still gets super big overnight, but it's also one of the scary things about alien, but in this, and I like, and this, they kind of, the alien seems to actually need food and air somewhat. So I like that, but I think the reason I turned on the movie against it was, uh, it stops growing. Like I kind of wanted it to keep uh, getting bigger and giving them even bigger hassles and like be as big as the ISS. And it's like just like a fucking giant squid at the end, and they have to like get out of there or something. It just seemed like it stayed. Like once it became man sized, they went, "Oh, this will be a problem." And then it just stayed man sized, and that disappointed me. Like I, I wanted it to get really big, like fucked up big. Like oh shit, now it's a t- they, it, like their problems keep escalating, and they keep making it bigger because they're dumb. And that right. to me was like the movie I wanted. And then I felt frustrated that when I realized that way, the rest of the movie is just going to be them trying to get out, out and like outsmarting like a single rat-sized thing. Like it never gets mm. big enough. Like because even at the end, it's still like Jill still alive at the end. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I don't get what's no. going on with it. Totally looks different in that it's all like tentacling so him. Growing. We don't get to see the fun part of it still being big. You know, it's just more of a reveal. And I guess actually that's why it stops growing is because that ending doesn't work if it's too big for the capsule. So you basically have to screw my getting too big thing. 
I would have gotten fired from the writer's room, I think. So it kept <laughs> insisting. No, I like the twist fine, but we need more CG. Well, I would have gotten fired from the writer's room when I would have said, well, why doesn't it try to go in somebody's butt? Why is it only doing like Watch going in people's mouths, mouths and stuff? I mean, I do like that moment where it goes into Ryan Reynolds and then comes out and they're all like, uh, it's bigger. <laughs> yeah. I like that part. I the, I think after that's where it starts jumping the shark. I don't get how it got back into the ship on the black guy's leg. Am I dumb? Uh, no, I really you're not. By that. Uh, it, no, it gets back into the ship by going in through the thrusters when they can't burn any more thrusters. How does he not off. notice, though? Like, I know he can't feel his leg, but... Because he can't feel his legs, but it, it is kind of a fake-out. At that point, I started to wonder, to is there him. more than one Calvin? And right. uh, I think Chris Markinson even asks this: Why isn't why isn't the thing just dividing? Uh, is it just going yeah. to be one thing? How does it reproduce? I'm kind of interested in its um, biology a little bit because yeah. at, at that point, when it's wrapped around um, uh, uh, Arian Bakari's leg, and they don't know that until his leg starts twitching and moving, I thought: Is there is this a second one? How did it get into his suit? How did it do that? But I think that's just a fake out by the director. He just hasn't shown us that happening. But I did think yeah. for a while: is there, is there a second one on the ship? What's going on? Is it? Does it make sense though? Is it justified? Like I like it as a twist and a reveal. Like wait, it's right in there with them, listening to his dumb speech. Like I like that as a deep blue sea gotcha. But it, does it make any sense that it would be there? It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense that. It would just be hanging around dormant, just feeding off of his leg, which is what they how they excuse it. Oh, it's feeding off his leg, because every everything about its behavior so far has been fast, nimble, as Tom puts it. Right. And I mean, it just consumes and moves and moves and moves. And for it just to sit there and listen to the speech for ten minutes seems a little weird to me. But he had a. But the black guy had a thing for Calvin, so I just thought, oh, he's complicit, maybe. Mm, I, Wait a minute. What you think they? I don't know. They had a I wasn't sure. Well, he he named him, and he seemed the he was the most bummed when uh, when Calvin went went bad. Like he was the most like right. ah. Like he seemed really fascinated and like intrigued by him. Mm. And maybe there was some subtext there about look, Calvin's cells are regenerating. Mm. Like maybe this is the way I can. I can walk again somehow. Like we've discovered something. Like I thought Boy, that was you, where I was going to go. You saw a lot into that relationship that I did not see. I like where you're going, but I didn't see that stuff at all. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, I was taking anything I could get. Like, Tom's like, I love the casting for the movie. For how the movie isn't really concerned with actual characters. What little character development is there? Jake Gyllenhaal is a burned out war vet. Ryan Reynolds is comic relief. Ariane Bakare as the tragically crippled scientist doesn't really serve much purpose. Instead, it's mostly just letting us look at famous people with a couple of decent character actors thrown in for good measure. Dear Hollywood, please hurry with more Rebecca Ferguson movies that aren't called Girl on a Train. <laughs> I think I That's should great. Yeah. Uh, Chris Markinson also says he, he, uh, he liked what everybody was doing in the movie. He especially liked the moment when Hiroyuki Sonata is in the sleep chamber to escape from the alien, and he leans his head against the pictures of his newborn daughter. Yeah. Yeah. And he likes uh, Rebecca Ferguson freaking out as the pod goes into space. Yeah, I like Tom that too, but I yeah, – go ahead. He goes, it's out of character. She's been pretty calm and collected so far, but it's still chilling. 
Although yes. he's like, did the, did her thing just break and send her into space? Like, why? I get that Calvin piloted John Hall's lifeboat down, and that was clear the moment the hatch didn't pop after Atlanta, but did Ferguson's just break? Like, why did hers do the wrong thing? Just because the twist needed to happen? I don't know. It just reminded me of the end of Star Wars with Darth Vader spinning off into space. Well, William Falcon caused that, though. <laughs> You, you can't be. You can't prove to me that the Millennium Falcon wasn't here. Shouldn't that Millennium Falcon have hunted down Vader after the Death Star blip? Like, all right, one last thing, and then because he's in a, he, he doesn't have hyperspace on that, does he? There's there's a lot of dark space out there, Kelly One. There's a lot of space. For... The Millennium Falcon can't. Okay. All right. Um, uh, how about this? You brought up Prometheus before. John Thomas Mason says life is what Prometheus should have been. Sure, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> so I'm for guessing me, that means quite under for this. I guess that means John Thomas Mason liked this, uh, maybe as much as Tom did, if he thinks that this is what Prometheus should have been. Did anyone else like it? Did Markardson? Um, Markardson wasn't really a fan of it. I think right from the beginning, he said, um, uh, almost right from the start, this movie started to annoy me. And, and, he, yeah, and I'm really glad he brings this up. He says the heavy foreboding music right at the start. And for me, the music drove me nuts in this movie. It felt yeah. like – and this, this is a guy um, uh, who did the music. Gosh darn it. I forget. Um, his name is Jan Ekstrand. Uh, and he's, he did um, the Snavakash or Easy Money movie. He did Child 44 as well. Both of those are Daniel Espinosa movies. And the music in this just feels like it's right from the – Let's do a space thriller music playbook. It feels yeah. like he, he riffs on some gravity music at some point, um, and it was overwhelming. And I think Markinson is right on right on point with that. Uh, the music drove me nuts in this movie. Yeah, and, Did you and like the music? for that, no, I hated it. But also, what he's talking about in that se- in that opening, it's like it's really suspenseful music, and you can't see what's happening. So you're going, "What? Why is the music trying to trick me into thinking I'm watching something exciting?" Because <laughs> we don't know what's really ha- like Reynolds. We can't get a good view of him, and I'm not sure what the point of that was. It's just that they they try like thanks to Reynolds's uh, bravura. All this terrible, all these dumb things happen. Like if he if he'd missed it, it would have been fine. They wouldn't have needed. They would have all lived. And so you only know that after the fact because they don't know they're in a right. horror movie. Um, <laughs> Very good. Uh, by the way, did you read what uh, Tom had said about Ryan Reynolds casting? Because he has a totally different take on it than we do. Uh, Ryan Reynolds casting is a great fake out, probably related to the fact that the script was written by the Deadpool guys. It was. <laughs> that's my reaction so they were able to get him on board for a steven seagal type of, okay yeah see i didn't read oh, that book yeah. said it yeah all executive decision you assume a name like that's in it for the long haul but he's the first to die it's one of the best alien kills since john hurt an alien that's the thing really creates the sense of not just being killed but being violated that it was just too much like alien like i thought it was way too similar to the john hurt alien death um, um, I, and the I think it's more, it's more graphic. I mean, the John Hurt alien what? death is See, that thing's eating spaghetti, and then it's full, and then it, and then spaghetti sauce comes out with the blood. That's the grossest thing I've ever seen in a movie. 
but it's a surprise. And, and right. here it's every every moment is is he takes Daniel Espinosa takes his time with this in a way that uh, Ridley Scott doesn't take his time. I mean, the, it's shock value, and the other one, this is just this is pure gross out value, isn't it? Yeah, I like that, but it's also setting up that it's not scared of fire. Um, right, right. Well, it's not just and, not scared of it. It's not. It's imp- seems to be impervious to it. And also, right. I, I don't get the oxygen thing either because it seems to be outside the ship for so long right. when it's convenient. But later on, it needs those oxygen candles, which I thought was actually kind of a cool effect. Yeah, the oxygen candle and the way it would wrap itself around the oxygen candles. Why didn't they just sabotage the oxygen candles with a bomb <laughs> and then put a grenade <laughs> on it? Well, that would be problematic for their lives if they were to blow the thing up. Well, look what they accomplished the other their way. Yeah, well, it's. I kind of like that too. Like, there's it all happens because they're stupid. But is the does the movie know that? Does the movie want us to root for them? Because in the thing, the characters in the thing are fucked. Like they, and they wind up giving up their lives, even though they weren't even on the clock. But they're they're showing real courage, and they're sacrificing themselves. But in this, they all do it to the like they're their own worst enemies. Like they kind of throw the game. It kind of reminded me of uh, the Strangers a little bit. How's that, that? movie? Because there's a part in the Strangers that is movie that the Liv Tyler movie? Yeah. There's a, there's a point halfway through the movie where um, they're in a bedroom and the and the guy has a shotgun and they have the door covered and then they wind up shooting like the wrong person and then they kind of abandon that post and then wind up uh, getting into trouble and then running around because the movie has to happen. But I still think no, just sit there for the night, like at least sit, see out daylight with the shotgun on the door and they can't get you. Think tactically. <laughs> think it follows like just go up you know go up to a top of a skyscraper so it can't all it can do is bang on the door forever or something think ahead people one of the things that frustrated me um and maybe you can help me out with this and this is something that chris markinson brought up as well this whole why do they keep calling it firewalls instead of just containment or whatever? Um, because Rebecca <laughs> Ferguson's saying like it was stipulated in writing. And, and so the whole idea, I guess, is that this pilgrim mission, because this is pilgrim seven, I think, um, yeah. is bringing it back. But, but she knows, she knows, she knows we need these firewalls because we are going to be bringing this thing to earth. And that the very idea of that appeals to me because, uh, you know, it's like Burke finally getting the alien right. back here. And that's what I and always Ash. hoped Alien 3 would be. Um, so that all- idea appeals to me. I'm just it, I, I feel like we just missed some steps in getting us there as far as her talking about the firewalls, uh, because it, it, I think this movie makes a number of assumptions um, that drive me a little nuts. It doesn't change anything either. Well, as in Alien, when Ash turns out to be a when when you find out, oh, the company wanted the alien, like that's accompanied by the revelation that one of the characters is an evil robot, and that's exciting, and bleeds milk. Like a lot's going on in Alien, and in well, this, she just goes, "By the way, there's a firewall." Like she just announces it verbally. Like the, do you think Ash is evil? Isn't he just programmed to do this thing? He has to do this. Well, he That's seems he really gleeful. He seems really on the alien side, 
and he seems really gleeful that they're all going to l- get killed by the alien. He seems well, he respects it. It. He respects the alien because it's a, yeah, but he's, it's a higher he's level smiling of smiling at the end. He's smiling when they kill him. He's like, you have my sympathies. He's being a dick. Fuck you, Ash. He's not being a dick. He's just been programmed to to, to do this thing. He's not I mean, helping. It's, it's like Hal, you know. He's, he's like he's been programmed, and if if humans can't figure out how to program something properly, that's on humans. Uh, I mean, he's been programmed to 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 bring this thing back, and he respects it because it is a higher to him, based on his programming, it's a higher form of life. It's more along the lines of what he can do than what humans can do. Humans are inferior, I think, both to him and to the alien. I get that more from Hal um, than Ash. But I just meant it in the sense that it's more dramatic in Alien when Ash goes bonkers as opposed to Rebecca Ferguson going, by the way, there's a firewall, so we got to do this other thing. (laughs) It winds up not mattering. Like if none of that was in the movie, it wouldn't have any effect on what happens. Well, I do. I I do kind of love the idea that. That she has been that this has been stipulated in writing, and that these are the protocols that we're going to have to do. Because above all, if something goes wrong in us reanimating this life that might be coming back from Mars, apparently, you know, I guess we can assume that in collecting these samples, they understand that maybe there's something in here that could happen. At least they have these protocols, and above all, this thing cannot get to Earth. Um, yeah. So I, I like that. And I am curious, I mean, and uh, I think we can talk about the ending here a little bit, um, and this is something I think Chris Murkinson said as well, and then you can talk about the way Tom feels about the ending. He likes that it's not, quote-unquote, a happy ending, but I am super curious, well, what then what goes on with this alien? What yeah, goes, what what's happens? the next thing that happens? And I, and I think that any movie that ends, that, makes, that leaves me feeling like, Okay, what's going to what in the world is going to happen next? How is this thing going to wipe out all of life on Earth, which is what we're well, left to think. That's the implication. And I'm hoping that is what happens and it's not like a franchise where we have to watch a sequel. Like I'm assuming that ending means it got to Earth and that's the end and we're all going to die and that's the right. end of the movie. Right. Which is fine. Um but the Ferguson saying the Ferguson Ferguson saying the uh, the <laughs> firewall thing doesn't have much effect on my opinion towards her character. While as in Aliens, the fact that Burke is actually going to like impregnate a kid and Sigourney Weaver with uh, face huggers is awesome. <laughs> like we learn a lot about. Paul Reiser's character there, and it's a great story beat and a great action sequence. While as in this, Ferguson saying, by the way, there's a firewall, and there's also a ship that's nudging us out to space that we're going to ignore um, is not as exciting. As well, you're right. There's there's no... There's no, uh, you know, mustache twirling villain in this. The only, the antagonist is the alien. The, the alien, or you know, we're the antagonist to it. There's no like right. human. It's just human frailty that fails. Yeah, us. we it's shock not, it's at not it. Evil. We started it. It's all our fault. Yeah, but we had the best of intentions, right? That's always the way it is. Yeah. That's true. But, I mean, we did shock it, like, and we didn't take precautions, while as, I don't know, I mean, John Hurt trips, that's what happens in Alien. (laughs) (laughs) 
falls into the egg thing. And it's, it is kind of Prometheus. It's weird how we give Alien a free pass on stuff that's annoying in Prometheus. Because in Prometheus, the stupid thing is when the monster's like baiting those two geologists who were scared shitless before, and now they're like fucking around with an alien that's threatening them. But it's like with John Hurt gets uh, when slips into the egg chamber and he's like staring right at the thing. But he's wearing like a space helmet. And you wonder, you go, oh, well, he's got glass covering his face. What can happen? I don't know. What were we talking about? <laughs> I was going to ask you about two quotes. I have two quotes to ask you about in this movie. Okay. Number one, did you recognize the subversion of a Star Wars quote in this movie? Uh, it sounds familiar now that you're saying it. Do you remember uh, somebody saying, I have a good feeling about this? No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I really that was uh, one of those moments where I was like, all right, movie, you better, er, you better earn that. Uh, but uh, but I believe it's uh, it's Arian Bakari who says I have a good feeling about this. Do you think uh, that's I, a Star Wars joke? Yeah, I Are think you, it's deliberate. I have a good have feeling, a good feeling about, about this about because you have plenty of terrible movies that use I have a bad feeling that's about saying this. The Force is not with us. <laughs> but I kind of liked that. And the other one is I, w- I want you to tell me what you feel about um, uh, Ryan Reynolds' character saying uh, we're shocking the monkey. Uh, mm, eh, mm. it's just a song reference so it's not that funny like there's no it's and it doesn't I don't know it only, it's not a double entendre so it's not it seems like a Ryan Reynolds line it's to just that he's listened to the, he's listened to records so now we know stuff about his character he likes <laughs> phonographs it's just as our, our friend Aaron says it's just a single entendre <laughs> yeah yeah. Is that what someone wrote? No, no. Oh. Did you like it? Is this good writing, bad writing? No, I'm not doing good writing, bad writing. I just, I, I actually didn't like that because this is, again, part of that thing where, like for it. me, Ryan Reynolds just slipping in these weird lines. Was, it felt like they had just uh, cut and pasted him in from another movie. Quite yeah. Often. No, seriously, that kid had blue eyes. <laughs> that's so not that good his jokes in this aren't as good as Deadpool's so it's funny that it was the same writers and that they still tried to make him Deadpool because he's still cracking jokes hmm. it would have been weird. it would have been interesting if he'd played a totally un-Ryan Reynolds character but maybe that yeah, would have tipped us off that he's going to die I think so too and that's one of the reasons why I really liked uh, Chris Even Evans in, uh, in Sunshine so much because it felt like yeah. he was he was he was skirting that kind of edge because he can be so funny, but he was a really serious and tragic character in that in a lot of ways. I really like that. Because even in Buried, Ryan Reynolds is still kind of Ryan, Ryan Reynolds-y. Like he's kind of talking shit to the girl on the phone. <laughs> well, that movie has a lot more substance to it. I mean, that's a different thing. Right. I know. And, and, and it's possible I'm just being too hard on this because, uh, you know, one of the things that Tom allows early on when he did his over under um, was that, you know, this, this doesn't have the serious kind of ideas that um, Europa report has, but it's a thrilling space adventure. I agree with Tom. The Ryan Reynolds fake out is good. Although okay. it's just too fucking alien. It's just too. And I remember I saw an article, I didn't read it, but it was something to the he- the headline was something to the effect of like the director was saying, or the headline was like, 
the director of life uh, describes all the alien Easter eggs in life. And I thought, yeah, I think I got them just from watching it. Like, I didn't consider them Easter eggs, though. I just saw it as, uh, you know, aping it. Aping it. Aping it. See? Now you're <laughs> shocking, shocking the, the monkey. monkey again. Yeah. All right, I have one more question for you, Kelly Wan. Mm-hmm. I'm um, ready. Do you ready remember? Do you remember reading Good Night Moon when you were a kid? Uh, I didn't read it, but it's the last thing I said before I finished. <laughs> One, two, three. No, we're not doing that. Is that a real fairy tale? Uh, you know, one of the things I wondered about Goodnight Moon when he said that, because I, I, I remember reading that to my kid. My kid's 12, and I thought it came out. I, you know, I guess everybody thinks it's about books. I thought it came out when he was a kid. Or it's something but it came out. Say. It actually, I looked it up. It came out in 1947. So Jake Gyllenhaal is absolutely right to say I got that read to me as a kid. Huh. So that's when his character was born. In 1947, yes. Yeah, that's a, that's a, right. So now we know when the movie takes place. That's good. <laughs> All right. So um, for Good Night Moon. So on Good Night Moon, I think we're going to say Good Night Podcast. Um, we, again, Tom will be back with us next week. He has been with us in spirit, and his words have been here. He liked this movie uh, very much, much more than the two of us liked it. Uh, and I think he wrote some great things about it. Um, and uh, I chalk it up to the fact that I don't get horror as well as he does. I'm uh, envious. Yeah, I'm envious too. Um, so uh, please join us next week uh, when we will be seeing a movie called Kelly Wan. Do you know what movie we're seeing next week? Ghost in the Machine. I mean, The Shell. No, we're not seeing a Ghost police album. Yeah, Ghost so in seeing the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> which Ready? stars somebody. Uh, we're going to see Star Ghost in the Shell. Um, the uh, live action version, supposedly. Um, and we will be doing the three by three we should have done this week. Uh, it's Tom's topic. It's uh, your favorite three come from behind victories. Uh, and if you have uh, any notes uh, or ideas about Ghost in the Shell, as we had a couple people uh, write in this week, uh, please send them to 3x3, three three, that's 3x3 at quarter to three dot com. Uh, just write in the subject line that you're talking about Ghost in the Shell. And if you have anything to contribute as far as come from behind victories, please send those as well to 3x3 at quarter to three dot com. Kelly Wan, do you have anything else to say to the, the fine people at home? Uh, I would have liked this movie better if Scott Johansson had been the alien. But and Ryan Reynolds had died the same way. <laughs> Oh, yeah, my mom was scared by it. She agrees with Tom. Beloved non-listener podcast, Kelly's mom. Ah, very good. Uh, I think we should have that as a regular feature. What did mom think of it? What did my mom think of life? I swore an oath to keep it secret. This lie has kept Apocalypse at bay for hundreds of years. We were afraid if the Queen's heart was destroyed, you'd lose your immortality or die. That wasn't your choice to make! 
Instagram. <laughs>